Last week, I shared part one of my conversation with Dennis McBride and his traumas endured as a child and as a youth. I definitely recommend going back and listening to part one of episode eight first. Today, I share with you part two of my conversation with Dennis as he opens up about one of his biggest mistakes and regrets in his life and how he continues to learn from it every day. This episode of Fumble Podcast contains adult themes and disturbing recollections. It is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Certain mentioned names in this episode have been censored out of respect to the privacy of the individuals. Enjoy the episode. Let's peace these broken pieces together. I've been, I don't I'm not saying I'm skirting uh, an issue. I'm, I want to address a, a very specific issue at this point. Yes. We've been, we've put up all this exposition up yeah. to this point yeah. and it's important to understand this point. Okay. When you asked me about doing this podcast, mm-hmm. I said to you on one condition. Yes. And I was going to get into that. Okay. So you, you lose your son. I lose my son. Yeah. And now the second marriage, where does that go? So after we lost the boy, uh, a couple months later, she got pregnant again. Mm-hmm. And she got pregnant with my daughter. Mm. And um, something happened. I had, after I dealt with the, the, the puking, mm-hmm. my wife and I decided to go to an off-base therapist because when you're in the military, everything is recorded. Mm-hmm. So you don't really talk that much to their therapist because it will come back to you. Mm-hmm. So we booked an appointment for an off-base off therapist. Yeah, yeah. It was Las Vegas. It's not like it's a bad... It's a hard place to find somebody. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, that's the beauty of being stationed there. But uh, um, we go in and we talk to him. And I tell him all the things that I had discovered about myself. Mm-hmm all the things that I'd faced about myself. And I said, what do you think? Do you think I've dealt with it? And this man said, yeah, I think he did just fine. <laughs> yeah. And I went, that's not us, is it? No. Not sure. No, no, no. no. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, and I went, wow. Uh, okay, great. Two weeks later, I started molesting. Damn it. Please wipe, knock that. I name. will. I will. Okay? I will. I, I I say the name in the video. They won't hear the name. Yeah. I say the name because it's important to understand that this is a human being, mm-hmm. not just a per, just an object. Yeah. And by understanding that that name is associated to a person, it allows me to communicate that I understand that this is a person. Yes. And not just an object. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. And this person was? This was my stepdaughter. I see. She was, the of the three girls, she was the middle one. Mm-hmm. In hindsight, 
I mean, I, I've I've gone through this a million damn yeah. ways, yeah. and why I would do such a thing, mm-hmm. understanding it. I mean, because the molestation happened over a couple of years. You know, I would tell myself that I didn't need to do this no more, and I still did. Mm-hmm. And uh, finally. We left the Air Force, moved here, spent a year here, and then we moved back to the St. Louis area. Mm-hmm. And the three girls stayed here. Me, my wife, and my daughter moved back to East uh-huh. because we wanted to establish a place that we could bring them because that big a family trying to apartments and things like that, it was it would have been too much, we thought. Yeah. And it was a beautiful thing because she had the opportunity to tell yeah and when she did they contacted us and then my wife asked me if I did this Mm -hmm. and I said no Mm. and then about two seconds later I said yes Mm -hmm. and of all the things that I've faced in my life and all the things that I am proud of accomplishing and doing that moment I am the most proud of because see of all the people who did these things to me when faced with the question did you do it Mm. the answer was always no Mm. the fuck is that kid he's just lying he's full of shit Mm -hmm. and I swore I would never do that and yet I did but it only lasted two seconds. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so then I said, yes, I did. And when I went to, to go to court and all that stuff, I pled no contest because my goal was I didn't want to hurt her anymore than I've already hurt yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. You know? And uh, so I, fa- I have faced everything. I went to prison for six years. Mm-hmm. I... Uh, I walked what they call mainline. I was I was in uh, protective custody when I was in the county because it's their law, it's their rules. But when I hit main, when I hit regular prison system, I walked regular mainline. Yeah. I was at Old Folsom for uh, three years, a little over three years, and uh, at Solano for just under three years. Because the whole point, I went, I spent about six years in prison. And to give a time frame, this is what what year to what year? So I I I was arrested in uh, May of two thousand one. I was con- convicted in November, early November of two thousand one, mm-hmm. and I went to what they call real prison, Tracy reception area, yeah. uh, on my birthday, which would have, was Thanksgiving that year, yeah. and so. I'm sitting, I'm sitting in this prison cell, and it's November. It's cold. Mm-hmm. The window has been broken out. The guy in the bunk above me is kicking heroin, so he's having the worst day of his life. Yeah. I'm sitting there. I have, I have nothing. You know, I, I, I. How is it that all that I could do put me here? Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't understand. Yeah. And so I thought to myself, I, I've, I've got to just start figuring this out. I've got to start reading. So I read. 
And uh, when I got to Folsom, I was blessed. I, uh, I, I met people who cared, who, who I, I still have dear friends who I meet. I mean, I don't know. I, the, the couple weeks ago, one of the guys who saved my life in Folsom played harmonica at my show over here. You know, um, what happened? Well, he, when you're, when you go in prison, prison is, is the safest place in the world. There's, there's nothing to be afraid of in prison unless you're a freaking idiot. Yeah. The only people you have to be afraid of is the people who look like you. You don't have to be afraid of anybody else unless you are, unless you break the rules. There are very specific yeah. rules that you're to follow. Yeah. And even those rules you can skid a little bit, uh-huh. but basically is white people deal with white people, black people deal with white, black people, Asians, you know, everybody has their little groups and divide and conquer is the, is the key. So everybody yeah. gets divided. However, they all ask for what's called paperwork. What is your case? What did you, why are you mm-hmm. here? Mm-hmm. And you can imagine my case is not a very popular case. And this particular person who I'm speaking of is the kind of person that has what's called in prison terms, juice. He could get anything done that he wanted, period. This man had been down for over 20 years and he'd been down for killing the man who molested his nephew. And we stood like this and we learned from each other. And I love him deeply, as deep as I love any human being on this planet. And he knows why you And he knows every yeah. bit of it. Yeah. A year, uh, two years ago, we were in a conversation and I said, man, I'm, I'm really sorry of what I did and I wish I'd never gone to prison. And he's like, dude, you don't go to prison. I'm not here. <laughs> He said, I wish you'd never done what you did either. Yeah. But I don't live without you. That's a fu- I couldn't believe what he said to yeah. me. You imagine? <laughs> I, I've had such shame because I told myself I should have been able to beat that. <sighs> but I couldn't. I tried. Fuck, I tried. I wanted nothing more than to love people. I wanted to be the shit that I saw on TV because I know nothing out here. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be any of these people. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't do it mm-hmm. because it's not real. Mm-hmm. But it's the only thing I had. And because it's not real, eventually the traumas win. Yeah. And so I don't offer that as an excuse. Hell, one of the things that he and I discussed was that he knew he was going to prison. He had so many opportunities to not go there. And in a sense, I had plenty of opportunities to not go there. Mm -hmm. I had to go there. Yeah. And when I got there, not only did I meet him, I met beautiful, beautiful people. People who... All they wanted to do was make a difference in somebody's life. Yeah. Help. 
You know, in, in prison, you can find anything you want. All the shit you see on TV, none of that is real. That's all made up. Yeah. Nobody gets raped in the shower. None of that shit is real. Nobody gets raped, period, unless you're just an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you would have to go, you would have to break a rule, risk getting charged with es- possible escape to go into somebody else's cell get locked in their cell by a, by a cop because you don't have a key. The cells aren't open. You have to go in their cell so they can rape you. So, so in, a, yeah, in essence, asking for it. You, I'm not going to say asking because I don't wish to offer victim shame. Okay, okay. Okay. I will just say that it would be very poor choices on your part yeah, yeah. to find yourself raped in prison. Yeah. Now... I'm not saying it doesn't happen. Right. I'm saying that if, if you walk down the street and there's a gang of people waving guns around, it's probably not a good idea to walk around pulling out hundreds of dollars. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 I'm not saying that they're going to rob you, but there's a really good chance that it's not a smart idea. You played a percentage. Right. Yeah. So all I'm simply saying is that. In those circumstances, it's kind of important to realize, is this really what I want to do? Because, again, if you want to find a fight, it's really easy to do. If you want to find a fight right now, I could walk outside and show you how to find one. If you want to find somebody to care about, you can do the same thing. And on a prison yard, it's the same thing. I I learned so much about my intuition that I had forgotten. Mm Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, you got you you either follow your intuition or you are going to have a really bad day. And I mean, you know it's time to move or else the ball bat comes across your head. Yeah. Okay. And I was the thing that really solidified that lesson for me was I was on Old Folsom, I was on the yard at Old Folsom and I worked in the library, okay? Yeah. So I that was, that was my job. Which was great because it made me help me read the. I read the entire freaking library, <laughs> you know. Um, but uh, uh, I was on the I'm on the yard with these guys, and I'm talking to a friend of mine, and something says you need to go, you need to get the hell out of here right now. Mm. And I'm like, hey guys, I'll see you later. So I book on down, and it's maybe I don't. It's not that far. It's it's a couple minutes walk mm-hmm. uh, down and around the little corner. Uh, by the time I get to the library, I hear gunshots going off. And uh, what had happened is a fight had broken out in that exact area. And my friend just missed being shot. And one young man died. Mm. So you, you, it, it, is a, it is a violent place. Mm. I'm, when I say it's, 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 it's the safest place in the world, it is. If you ain't playing the game. Yeah. If you're playing the game, well, guess what? Wherever you play that game, you yeah. become its victim. Yeah. You know, whether you're in prison or not. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the lifers, the guys who had been down all this time, who cared about me and said, let's make a difference. I, I wrote a song for them. Hmm. You know, I was going to try to sing it for you tonight. I, yeah. I've been singing all weekend and my voice is just no, really scratchy. But uh, totally. maybe another time yeah. I'll play it for you. But, you know, when I, when, when I started working in, at, at, the, at the library, one of the things I was able to do was... I started volunteering my time to teach people how to read. Mm. 
And then I had all these, these people who kept coming up to me and saying, I know how to read, but I can't get through my GED math. So I was like, well, what is GED math? And it was just fractions. Yeah. So I started teaching people fractions. And pretty soon I had the entire damn library filled up with students who were learning fractions, yeah. getting through their GED. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, it was a blessing because yeah. I mean, I was able to take this horrible thing, this horrible place and turn it into something positive. Yeah. And I, I was able to help people. I mean, it's a GED. It's not like you're, it's a college degree, but if, if you don't have one, it's important. Yeah. So yeah. they would at least accomplish, accomplish that goal. Right. So this, uh, this friend you, you, you befriended in prison mm-hmm. who you spoke of mm-hmm. and um, you said he saved your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you care to elaborate on that? Was this during prison time? Yes, or? Okay. absolutely. Okay. Um, no, I can't because it, I don't want to create an issue where he would be legally no. okay. obligated. Totally just, just know that there are always people trying to tell you what to do Yeah. and I'm really bad at being told what to do. <laughs> So if you're, if you won't be told what to do, you're going to have to fight for it. Right. Okay. Yeah. And I don't mind fighting. Yeah. I, I, I got, I've showed you my scar on my shoulder. I I got stabbed in the shoulder by it at Folsom from a guy, from a white supremacist who said I shouldn't be singing with black people. Oh, wow. So I got a great, good scar on my shoulder where this idiot tried to stab me. Yeah. If he knew what he was doing, he'd have killed me, Uh, but he didn't, you know? And, uh, so, you know, right. I, 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 I've been in a couple fights, yeah. so I'm not so bad at what I do yeah. with that. Uh, so he, he had the bad day. Yeah. No, we can. But, that, we, but yeah. no, no, just understand this. That, that creates other problems. Right, right. Because here's what I, I know about it's fighting. It's choices, right? Well, it's, if I beat you up, yeah. you won't come back at me, but your friends will. Mm-hmm. And now I have more problems right. than I know what to deal right. with. Because now I've put myself in the game. Yeah. And see, it wasn't just because I was playing with black people yeah. that I that this all happened. Right. This also happened because I, I befriended a gay man. Because see, gay people in prison are not popular mm. unless they're on a protective custody yard. Right. But a real mainline yard, no. Yeah. Especially white gay people. Oh. It is the most toxic environment they can be in. Wow. They will kill them. Yeah. And what's so screwed up is they're all blowing each other. It's not like they're not having sex. Yeah. They just don't want to officially be gay. Right, right, right. You know, anybody who's officially gay, we got to kill this fucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so I was like, no, you're not doing that. Yeah. And so when you make a, ch- a stand, you pay for yeah. it. And so I made the stand and I paid for it. Yeah. And what this man did was he said, that's enough. You're never going to touch him again. Yeah. And they didn't. Right. And like I say. Rules of the yard. huh? It's not just rule. This man can still do any of that that he wants to do. Wow. Okay. Okay. I see. And it's, and, and you know, here's the beauty of the, who this guy is. Yeah. He has the most successful youth diversion program in the country. <laughs> he can take kids who Im, impossible to reach. He helps them. Yeah. 
And it's, it's amazing how beautiful. And he goes in and out of prison. He goes back to Folsom. He takes these kids back to Folsom and teaches them, wow. shows them, and helps them. Yeah. It's not a scared straight program. You do it or you're going to fucking die. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is, look, I know what it's like. Yeah. And I can show you everything that we've done. We've walked this, these paths, and I can help. Yeah. And I can listen. Mm-hmm. And he taught, he's taught me a whole lot about many things, wow. you know? And so when you, when you look at another person that I've met, I, I, I've got lots of dear friends still yeah. today from prison yeah. and after prison and even before prison, yeah. of course, yeah. you know, the, the act of what I did. Don't worry. Thank you. Yeah. Is. Of all the reviewing and understanding that I offered to it, it was all books. Mm-hmm. I didn't really understand any part of it. Mm. It was just books. Mm-hmm. This book says this. This book says this. This says I should do this. This says I should do that. Mm-hmm. And all that has about this much success. Mm-hmm. For years, I kept working and working. And it wasn't until July of 2017 that I finally, finally started being able to accomplish it. Wow. I mean, but think about that. I, I, that, I was almost 50 years old. I was yeah. 49 years old. Yeah. I, I've been trying this since I was a small kid to understand and, and overcome these things. Yeah. And just be okay yeah. in my own shoes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm giving every breath that I had to just be okay. Mm-hmm. And I didn't do it until I was until 2017. But you know, when I, when I left prison in 2007, hell, I didn't even have anything. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, <laughs> how much time do we have? Cause I, I we I, have time. We have okay, time. Go okay. ahead. So this is one of my favorite stories. Go ahead. I'm in Solano. It's Wednesday. I get out on Monday. Yeah. I'm sitting in a dorm. It's a huge building, about four, 400 people in a, there's 400 of us in the dorm actually will only hit fit about 200. Okay. So it's crazy packed. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I sleep on the bottom of the three tier bunk in the back of a corner of a, uh, 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 the dorm. I mean, the big building is the back corner. And bunches of beds around and everything. It's it's base. It's not a it's it's not an open space. Is what I'm trying to explain. Right. So I'm sitting there, and I'm scared, cause I didn't know anybody where I was. I didn't know anybody in Sacramento. Yeah. The people oh, I suppose I did know. They wanted me dead. Yeah. So I couldn't rely on anyone. When you leave prison, you get two hundred dollars. I had a pair of jeans, had a pair of shoes. And a couple white t-shirts and some drawers. That's it. Mm. I had to rebuild my life with $200. No identification. Nothing. They had and no I program? No. I, I was scared. Yeah. That's all, that's all I had. That's, yeah. that's all that's available yeah, to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm sitting there. And I'm just this side of crying. 
and you don't really want to cry in prison. Yeah. It's a bad idea. Yeah. And but there was nobody in the in the dorm. Yeah. I, it was a time of morning where everybody was off doing something else. Mm-hmm. So I was it was quiet. I'm sitting there and all of a sudden I hear the loudest damn bird chirp I'd ever heard. And I look over and a bird had flown in and landed on my bed. Now you have to understand you only have this much damn room. You can, when you're laying flat, that's as far as you got your hands. You can't wow. put your hands any further. This damn thing had flown in, maneuvered around and landed on my bed, chirped, and then flew off. I was so pissed. I was like, <laughs> man. <laughs> and I went at noon. I had rehearsal, the last rehearsal with this gospel group that I'd been working with. I'd written a, a few songs and, <coughs> excuse me and and they and they it it just it it, it we we had a good time together and there was a young man there everybody called him preacher and i told him what would, had just happened and he says well it reminds me of the old gospel song it, his eye is on the sparrow hmm. and the 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 words of that is if his eye is on the sparrow then surely he'll watch over me and I went, oh. <laughs> and you know what? He did. Yeah. I'm here. Yeah. Four weeks to the day that I got out of prison, I started at Sac City. Yeah. I, re- I met wonderful people there yeah. who helped me. That first summer, I damn near starved because I just didn't have anything. You know, a dollar was a lot of money to me that summer. Yeah. But I made it. And that's the whole thing. You end up making it. I got through two years later. I had finished Sac City College. I'd done 100 units. I'd gotten one B. The rest were all A's. Um, I ran the Sac City Jazz Combo for those two years. Mm-hmm. Um, did the commercial music ensemble where yeah. I met you. And, yeah. uh, you know, um, went to Sac State, graduated from Sac State. Um, Two weeks after I, well, you were there. Two weeks after I got off parole in 2012, I sang at Carnegie Hall, and you were there to see. That's right. Um, Three years later, I did it again. That's great. Um, I, I, I don't wish to offer that I am, I do anything, this is me. Yeah. When I say, I'm blessed. I all this luck that comes my way, hmm. that's that's blessings. Because mm-hmm. the people I got out of prison with, I can go down to the to the where they're living on the street, mm. yeah. or I can go to a hotel where they're 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 packed up so tightly and so afraid that they don't get to live. Yeah. Can you imagine the luck that I off I am given. Mm. To be able to sit here, that's the greatest blessing ever. Mm. And so that's why I live my life the way I do. I play music to share love with people. I volunteer five days of my week to help other artists find dignity in their art. Mm -hmm. Because that's important to me. Mm -hmm. Because no matter what else I have accomplished in my life, and I'm, I'm... okay with I, I, I'm appreciative of of the path that my feet have taken me mm-hmm. none of that really matters though 
Because in this moment, none of that matters. Yeah. It's just, it's made up now. Yeah. yeah. I can't rely on that. If I grab my guitar and start singing out there, I can't go, but I sang at Carnegie Hall. Right. You should just accept me. Yeah. The first time I came out here and busked with my guitar, I made a dollar. <laughs> me? <laughs> I'm pretty good at what I do. Yeah. And to be to have that type of reality put to me. Humble. Where I really was learned where I really learned that all that past doesn't matter. Yeah. All that what I may do in the future doesn't matter. Yeah. What do I have in this moment? Mm -hmm. And that actually allowed me to help me filter that through the rest of my life, yeah. not just the music. Yeah. It it it's is humbling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Um so this is this is amazing and I I learned so much in this conversation and I do want to button up a few loose ends before we wrap it up. Okay. Um You never mentioned your father. My 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 biological father, he uh he was very alcoholic, uh -huh. very violent. Mm -hmm. He was the kind of guy who liked to beat up bars. Mhm. You know what I mean by that? Beat up bars? Beat up bars. I mean, go into a oh, bar, okay. start a fight, and beat the entire bar. <laughs> okay. He he was proud of his ability to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So me being a hypersensitive boy who cried whenever something touched me because my emotions were just as high as yeah. everything else. Yeah. Oh, no, that wasn't accepted. Yeah. One time he, uh, hmm. you know, he, he, he was a pedophile. He, mm -hmm. he molested my older brothers and, but he didn't molest me because he wasn't their father. He was my father. Oh, That's wow. the way he told himself. Yeah. Well, when I say he didn't molest me, all he did was touch me. It wasn't. Right. <laughs> That's right. If of all the things it's like, ah, who gives a shit about that? Mm -hmm. So one day I was away from home and he uh he'd been drinking it was a sunday and he he'd been drinking all day and my mom and my my brothers were gone my mom and my sister were gone and i came back I, usually i'm gone too matter of fact if the sun comes up it's when i was three years old from the time i was three years old i was gone yeah. if i could yeah if it wasn't raining or snowing i was outside but that day there was i was hungry and I knew that there was food in the house. So I went back and I tried to be quiet and uh, didn't work. And he, he called me over and says, come on over. You know, and, I, and he seemed really happy, hmm. which was fucking amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, this is cool. Yeah. You know, and uh, so he started talking to me. He put me on his lap and he says, you ever play dress up? And I said, well, yeah, me and play it all the time. My sister, yeah. excuse me, you can take that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he says, well, why don't you go get some of your mom's clothes and her makeup, and we're going to have some fun today. And I went, what? Okay. Yeah. You know, because, you know, we, there's no, con get me a beer. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that's, that was the conversation we had. So he dresses me and starts putting makeup on me, and in no time at all, he starts getting frisky. 
Now, of course, he'd been drinking so much that he, he couldn't actually do anything. Mm -hmm. And basically, he was just rubbing himself on me. Mm. And I laughed when I realized that he couldn't do anything. And that was really the, the worst thing that I could have done. Mm. Because at that point, he decided to beat me. Mm. And he beat me and beat me and beat me. And I was so pissed at that point. I just kept pushing him further. I was like, fuck you. Fuck you. How old were you? 77. This was, uh, this was, so nine. Okay. This was January of 77. Okay. Uh, so he beats me unconscious. He, he finally gets me. I, I couldn't get back up. Yeah. And um, a few hours later, my mom comes back. And, you know, I'm still in a dress, got makeup on, but now I'm just a bloody mess yeah. at this point. And uh, when she asked what happened, he says, well, he caught me dressing up and he was trying to beat the faggot out of me. You know, um, <sighs> later that night, my mom and him get in an argument and she says flippantly, well, he's not even your kid. And from that point on, every conversation that he had with me was, you're not even my fucking kid. So you, you see, those types of, th th those are serious traumas that right. no matter what you try to do, it's very difficult to get over that. Of course. You know, because it's a, it, a kid has no point of reference on which way is up on that. Yeah. As an adult, we can talk about it and go, well, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Yeah. But as a kid, I'm going, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know? So this, this happens to you at night. And then... <clears throat> Fast forward to 2017. Is that when you start smoking? No, I when I, I started smoking in 2012 after I got off parole. Okay, okay. Uh, because I didn't want to do it when I was on. I didn't want to risk any chance of going back into prison. Okay. So you mentioned yeah. July 2017. Mm -hmm. What what was the significance of that date? It it was it was the perfect storm. Um, I had been listening to a, a radio program, uh, Casey Kasem's yeah. classic. American Top 40, and yeah. it happened to be um, a special because it was around 4th of July. They uh -huh. had they were running the special from 1970 to 1990. They okay. were the, the top 100 songs yeah. of each year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'd, I'd, I'd listened occasionally to the, to the program, but that particular day I turned it on, and it was at the end of 1973. Mm. And I'm going, well, I'll just keep listening. So I took the dog for a walk. And yeah. I was really high and just really kind of relaxed. Yeah. And because I was listening to this program from that time, and then when it was over, it moved to 1974. Mm. So it kind of allowed me to stay in that place. Because, yeah. see, what I found out later that I didn't know at the time was because I, I, I didn't really have a way of of remembering anything, yeah. I had tied all my memories to music, yeah. specific songs. Yeah. Some traumas, when I'd hear, what, cer certain songs trigger certain traumas. Right. So here I am, I'm, I'm relaxed, it's been a good day, I'm sitting there with my dog on the couch, and 1974 is completing. Now, 1974 was the year I was raped. Yeah. Okay? The, the, the violent right. rape. And the song that I associated to that rape was The Way We Were by mm -hmm. Barbara Streisand. Mm -hmm. When that song came on, 
was like a floodgate. Mm. I was, I, I couldn't, st- I was, I was, I was, ah! yeah. I was crying yeah. so hard. I mean, it was like everything just started coming out. Yeah. And when it was over, for the first time in my life, that pain, that pressure that had been here mm-hmm. was less. Mm. And I went, what the hell just happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of all the stuff that I read, yeah. nobody talked about any of that. Mm-hmm. And what I found was because my child self, my older brothers, anything that I had, they broke yeah. or took. Yeah. So I couldn't have anything. So in order to deal with the things in my life, including memories, yeah. I had to attribute them to something that was less tangible. Mm-hmm. Something that I, had, that I could carry. I had to carry it up here. Yeah. So I plugged in songs Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, when I started going, I I found that if I could triangulate the time that it happened with the emotion Mm -hmm. that is associated to it, along with the song that is, that I associated to it. I could deal with the trauma Mm -hmm. because the weed helped me stay calm enough to where I didn't want to rip the walls down. Right, right. And I could look at these things and study them. And I could actually study them almost like a 3D image. Mm. Because if I'm if I'm working up here, I'm just making it up. Yeah. It it's all imagination. Mm. I don't if if, when you study neuroscience, you'll see that this is the real. This is where your traumas live. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's called your enteric nervous system. Mm And we, you know, of gut feeling, right, you know, right, right. that's, it's, it's, it's just, it literally is that. Okay. 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 And it's like, it's like the, the hard drive of your, if your body were a computer, that's the hard drive. Right. That's where it stores everything. Mm-hmm. Not here. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is just motion and, and movement mm-hmm. and, and creativity and the, the unit that actually controls the body. Yeah. You know, hell I found like shame lived in my, in my knee. You know, huh. every time I would deal with shame, my right knee hurt. Wow. You know, and, and other people that I've talked to who've dealt with these things and tried this, they find similar things that shoulders, ankles, all kinds of things they, they find. There's traumas associated to those places. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and when you break it down, you start finding, oh, well, it's because of this happened at this point. Yeah. You know, yeah. but, you know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's. I don't know if I got off key off. Uh, no, no, no. That was that. That so the music, the emotion, and the date of the music. Of right, that, right. Of that and time. then when I when I have that when I have those things triangulated, then I can deal with the, the trauma. And then by dealing with the trauma, facing anything, and then there's there's a lot more to it. I'd, I'd have to really get into how no, it absolutely. all works. But yeah. I mean, it, you can solve these things. That's yes. that's good to know. That's good to know for the listeners. <laughs> so. Well, you know, I have a dear friend of mine who is. 68 years old and the level of, of autistic that is almost non-functioning. Yeah. Uh, his whole, he's been in and out of mental hospitals and problems his whole life. Yeah. Uh, his parents thought that he was nuts. Mm -hmm. When I really started to talk to him, I found he was just autistic Yeah. yeah. and he just needed somebody to talk to. And for about two years, he just screamed at me on the phone for sometimes eight hours at a time. Wow. And 
just working with him, helping him deal with his traumas. Well, let's just say this. He's dating a woman right now, and he's alive. That's, that's great. And that's, yeah. that's good. That's really good. Yeah. You know, and, and you're giving all, your love, by the way. You're giving it's, it. It's all I got. Yeah, I, man. I, <laughs> brother, I, I tell you, they, I've wanted so much to just say it don't have to suck so fucking bad. Yeah, yeah. But nobody wants to listen. Yeah, yeah. And when I say, look, I, I don't wish to offer sob stories to people and say, I'll swap battle arguments with you any right, day. Right, right, But I can. Yeah. I, fucker, I, I, I've had as, as much pain as anybody yep. that I know. Yeah. And I've learned one very valuable thing about being a victim. You got two choices. Learn or do it again. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. So if you don't want to be victimized... I didn't want to be victimized anymore. I had to learn. Yeah. But nobody taught me that. Nobody mm. said that to me. I found no book that really told me any of those things. It mm. walked all kinds of different places and, yeah. and went and, and, and every, you know, oh, we'll do this and you got to do this and you should do this and none of it worked. Yeah. Yeah. You've known me for, like you say, almost 20 years yeah. now. You know? Well, 15. It's 15, closer to yeah. 15. Closer you know? to 15, but, yeah. You know, I, the point is, is that this is who I am. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, I, I, I really hope that, you know, and here's, here's something that I would offer and I would ask your viewers, you know, is that I would love to have people ask me questions. Yeah. Because so much of what I've learned about what happened to me and what I've done. Mm -hmm. I've had very few people give me input on whether I am complete in, in what I've faced. Yeah. And I had lots of people who, who offer me hate. Yeah. I, I, some lady uh, came to my show a couple weeks ago. She said, I want to, I want to learn from you. I brought her over here and I started teaching her. Yeah. And she was happy. Yeah. And I said, no problem. Have a good one. I'll see you next week. And she went out and investigated and found out I'm a sex offender and said, I'm done with you. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I get it. I, it's no problem. I'm yeah. not mad at you. Yeah. Because some things terrify us. Yeah. You know, and the only thing that I can say is that if she would have taken the step to talk to me, mm -hmm. then we could actually grow together and she'd find that that healing to help get over that hump yep and i can only say that because i've walked it yeah it, it's not something i read in a book right it's not something i i found on the street yeah this is in my own shoes that's right and so i don't offer her any animosity because i understand how terrifying it is yeah yeah and so all your viewers i ask them if they, if they, they can just write it and yeah. give it to you mm -hmm. or I'd be more than happy to do a zoom conversation so yeah. they can face me or whatever. Right. Because the, I, the only way 
that as a society we're ever going to heal. Yeah. Because I'm going to tell you what, the thing that I haven't made mention, I didn't know a single person of my peer group who hadn't had sex with somebody as a child. Wow. When I was at that, at, 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 in the, at the college, yeah. every day at the playground, teenagers yeah. would uh, gather a couple small kids, yep. take them to an outcropping, mm-hmm. and force us to have sex while they watched. Every day. Now I'm talking adults walked by. People saw this shit happening. Now, when I tell that to a therapist or somebody, they're like, it's impossible. Yeah. That is not even, it, 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 they can't even fathom yeah. that that is a life. Yeah. But we lived it. Mm-hmm. And we had to survive it. And so when we offer condemnation for a person's actions, I could, I could condemn my mother for doing these things to me. Yeah. But would it be more appropriate to condemn my grandmother for doing those things to her? Right. Because my mother also was severely autistic. Yeah. Incredible brain. Mm-hmm. But she was also really fat. Mm-hmm. So she had all kinds of other problems that went on mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So she, again, we can push the blame any damn right. place we want to. Right. But at the at some point, we just got to say, look, let's face this. Yes. And so that's what these questions offer. Yes. Is, do you want to face it? Yeah. I'll face it with you because yeah. I'll stand here. Yeah. I'll take as many questions as I can. Yeah. Hey, um, we'll definitely, we're going to get, get that episode out. We're okay. going to, we're going to work on that one. Um, thank you so much for opening up I your life you. and, and, um, I yeah, know so much more. I know, I know we've only me. scratched the surface. Yeah. I know that I know. And I've obviously, Aside from the question episode, I'd like love to have you back on okay. um, and talk about where your what your plans are in the future and sure, what, sure, what your sure. goals are going forward. And I know we have some musical projects coming up. So. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, and let me let me say this. Yeah. Because I don't know if your viewers really know who you are. Yeah. You know? <sighs> and I gotta say that I have as deep a respect for you as I have for any human being on this planet. Appreciate the that. way you share your love, the way you use your mind. I've watched you for a number of years and I've had nothing but honor for you. I appreciate that. And, and your viewers should know that you are truly an honorable human being. And, and I love you deeply. And, and thank you for giving me the opportunity because without you, I just sit back in, in the corner and nobody knows who I am. But this way, at least maybe we start the conversation. Yes, and that's, that, is, that is the point. That is the point. I, ble- I, I thank you and you, I... Thank you for the blessings you give me, and I hope you have many blessings on your own. Thank you, Dennis. Thank you so much. And uh, definitely, again, we'll have you back on. The, uh, did you want to plug your YouTube channel? Oh, I, don't, yeah. I don't plug all that stuff. You if, don't you, if, if anybody wants to come and see me sing, I play every Saturday and Sunday at the Brandon Manor Restaurant here in Old Sack. There you go. From 1 to 4. Anybody can come and sing along with me. I keep an extra microphone open. It's there always it is. available. There it is. All right. Plug, in-person plug. That's it. (laughs) Love matters, folks. Love matters. Dennis, thank you so much. And uh, that's it. Thank you, sir. All righty.